0: I had a great conversation with Bethany Choi. Uh, Bethany is a recent graduate from the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. We talk about her experience there, and she recently launched a new project called Beth and You, where she's selling these handmade rings. Uh, they're really cool, so make sure to check them out at bethanyu.com. We talk about her aspirations for wedding planning and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Um, and just a heads up, we recorded this one outdoors, so there's quite a bit of background noise. Uh, you can hear the AC unit turning off and on throughout the conversation, so that's what that buzzing is. Um, next time I'll know to turn that off. But I hope you enjoy this conversation where I learned a lot with Bethany Choi.
1: letting you know i don't well like i love having deep conversations too so that day when we were over at your house and we like sat here and it kind of got like somewhat like touchy like you know like when the vegan conversation you know like i haven't had conversations like that in a long time i feel like especially with quarantine like i'm surrounded by the same people you know and so we talk about like how's your day that's it so it was interesting to like sit there because i kind of remembered like oh yeah i did like having more like You know deeper conversations with people and so i was like contemplating doing this with you yeah (laughs) because i feel like we don't know each other that well yet and i'm i consider myself to be kind of shy so i was like contemplating i was like i'll push myself out of my comfort zone i feel like it could lead to something really interesting yeah so
0: no that's funny you say that i mean that's one of my favorite things too and kind of why i started this is just to have in-depth meaningful conversations and and before I even decided to like release it as a podcast mm-hmm. I, like the idea kind of came from I want to like just document conversations that I have with people because we have the power to document so much you know and it's interesting what we choose to record sometimes you know right but like you said I agree too it's like you know living with my family and stuff it's like you think you know them so well and you're around them all the time but like it's so weird that you don't have certain conversations with the people that you're Closest to Yeah, no, know?
1: definitely. I actually um, talked to my parents last night for a good, like, couple hours. Yeah. But I'm like, I get super moody when I'm on my, like, period. <laughs> I don't know if that's too much for you. <laughs> but so I, like, I get like that. And so, anyways, so I talked to my parents last night, and that was the first time that I had actually talked to them about something that could lead to, like, sensitivity uh-huh. and difference of opinions. Because yeah. growing up, also, like, I'm Korean. My parents speak both Korean and English. Mm-hmm. And, um, within our house, like they'll speak to me in Korean most of the time. And then like I speak to them in English, mm. you know? And so even with that language barrier, sometimes it's just easier to not talk about things that are hard to talk about. Yeah. But uh, we watched a documentary yesterday on Netflix called the social dilemma. Have you heard of that?
2: No, I, haven't. I think
1: it just came out and um, it's basically people that um, worked in big tech companies like Google, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter. And they were like, they had pretty like, prominent roles Mm -hmm. like executive engineers or like presidents of certain companies Um, a lot of them who have left the tech industry and realize that there are a lot of like little problems that are now coming up to play like when they first created it they created it for a good cause obviously you know and there's a lot of good that came out of it like we're able to talk to people from like all over the world and like for sure you know but then now they're realizing yeah but also like I don't know if directly it's causes, but like a lot of mental problems for especially young girls when there's, you know, so much of social media happening. Oh yeah. And then um, things with like the election in 2016, like, you know, political things that are associated with it. But anyways, we watched that and like um, that's not something I would talk to my parents about because I know we have different opinions on, but um, I made the first move, I guess, to talk to them about it and um no it was actually really cool because like it's not something I'd done before and I got really emotional during it because like I told you (laughs) but um no it was cool because we still have different opinions and I don't think we will ever have the same opinion but I think after having that like and listening to why they have a certain opinion and my dad trying to listen to like why I have a certain opinion that put us a step closer to, like, maybe being able to have more of these type of conversations. You yeah, know? for
0: sure. I mean, it's so important, and I think so many people don't want to do that. They don't yeah. want to talk to people that they don't agree with. And I feel like growing up, I was like that a little bit. Uh-huh. I remember being, like, angry with, like, specifically, like, my dad's political Viewpoints. views. Yeah. You know, there still are certain things that, like, really irritate me about yeah. that. But I don't know, at some point, I just came to like a realization where I was like, okay, well, this is my dad. Am I, gonna, am I willing to take this or not? Mm-hmm. Either you, you accept it and move on and maybe try to sway his opinion or be a part of that change right. or just don't. And it's like, obviously, the relationship is bigger than that. And mm-hmm. that happened like a couple of years ago. And it just created a lot of comfort for me to just kind of accept and not get uh, super irritated yeah. by his point of views but just hear it out and but i think sometimes we can like take those who are close to us for granted and like
2: definitely we
0: don't give the people close to us like the same amount of respect that we give strangers yeah which is weird because like you love these people but you you just find it easier to maybe insult them Mm -hmm. or say things that you wouldn't (laughs) like if you got into a discussion with i don't know maybe a coworker or someone that you met about and you're talking politics it's like i find in myself that i'm much more patient with those people than I. and so i try to get myself in that headspace of like treating a conversation more like i would to someone else and not yeah. just like you know saying something because it's my dad or my brother uh-huh. but it's easy for us to get into routines of how we treat each other and the dynamic and yeah. There's so much history built into relationships that it's hard to forget that. Right. In a conversation.
1: Yeah. I totally relate to that because that's kind of what came out of yesterday's, where it was like the first like, not successful really conversation, but like the first conversation where we both took a step back to not like let our emotions, you know, get too much into us, yeah. where it was like more of a civil <laughs> conversation, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of like you said, like I think when you are really close to someone like. You know, it could be your family or sometimes even your significant other. Mm. Like, you know that they're going to, like, love on you regardless of that conversation. Mm. And you take that, I think, to your own advantage where, like, you know that even if you say something, you can go back and apologize. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, you're my sister. It's fine. You know, versus, like, a friend or somebody you don't know as well. Like, you know that in that moment, as mad as you are, you know to stop because you get scared that. If I say this they might not want to be friends with me.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's so true
1: another thing I was thinking about when you were talking was Especially within families and like being a different generation than our parents are. I think Mm -hmm. we have a lot of political like different views. Yeah, yeah for sure and um, I think not just within our own families now, but within like the world like Mm politics really irk people in the wrong way or they get really really passionate about their one viewpoint where it's like they start to like not want to talk to people at all Uh if they don't have the same view and that's why i feel like maybe we can practice within our own families but like learning to talk to people that they're never gonna really maybe just you know completely Uh agree with you but you'll find like common ground yeah and i feel like maybe we kind of have to start focusing more on that common ground rather than the little differences that you know separate people because you probably can tell too like the world is not a (laughs) really like harmonious yeah place right now and i feel like if we continue to live the way we do now and like everybody be like oh i'm a democrat or i'm a republican and i view things only in this way and i only associate with this party like i don't know what it's going to be like you know
0: Why do you think now it feels like we're so...
1: It could be also just with age. Like when you're younger, you don't care or you're not, you don't know too much about it. Uh You know what I mean? Like when I was younger, I didn't really, like I knew who the president was. That's it. Like I didn't know anything more than that. But I think as you get older, it's obvious that you get exposed to things that you should vote on and you should have an opinion on and Mm -hmm. so i think for me personally age comes along with it Mm. but a little part of the documentary that i watched yesterday was like social media i think could also have a part in it where it's like it's a big part of everybody's life Mm -hmm. you know um people are on facebook all the time or on twitter whatever platform it is and a lot of people who have these strong opinions are voicing their opinions Mm
2: -hmm. on
1: these platforms. And then when you interact with that, it's like Facebook and Twitter, they know to send you more things that look like that. Yeah. You know,
0: I think it used to be where most of what you base your opinion on someone was based on, you know, real interaction of like when you when you talk to somebody like your friend or your coworker or someone you went to school with or a relative. Everything you thought about that person was based on your former interactions of Mm -hmm. like, oh, we hung out this time. And I know this about this person and or maybe stories, I guess, that somebody would relay to you. But now it seems like probably one of the big factors that people base their opinions off people is like on the Internet. Stuff that you wouldn't have known in the past, you know, and it's yeah. so much easier to just share that information. And I don't think people were as willing to share it in the past. But, you know, with things like Facebook and Twitter and stuff, it's just it's easy to just type up some political thing and just shoot it out there yeah and it would be hard to find out those things before social media some of Of those opinions Uh you know because it would have to be just some person just started a lot of times conversations just don't go into that way but based on being behind your computer and what you read and all that it can get you fired up and then you're introduced to a completely different person I think yeah so we form our judgments based on I don't know. It's it's really wild.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, like you said, like a lot of the people too, like you would never have had those conversations to get to know that that person feels that way. Yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah. it wasn't for them being able to just sit at home and type it on their phone. Yeah. And then I feel like a lot of the time they don't even want to talk to you about that type of stuff in mm-hmm. person because it's so easy to just <laughs> post oh, it yeah. and not have to deal with it.
0: Yeah, It's. I mean, it's so wild. Like, I feel like everybody's a different person on social media than they are in person yeah. you know yeah as hard as you might try it's like just at the basics most of us are just trying to post things that make us look good or like show a positive side you know you don't see too much
1: yeah no i i personally like don't really like social media but can't get rid of it and i think mm. that's a problem yeah. and i think a lot of people probably i mean i don't know if you, do you are you like pretty active on social media
0: I don't really post that much stuff. The only thing I really post is when I have a new podcast episode. Oh, okay. I'll post that on uh-huh. Instagram. Right. Um, other than that, no.
1: Not big on it. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, I get it's it's hard not to have it. Uh-huh. You know, even something as simple as this podcast, it's like, how do I tell people exactly. about that? Exactly, yeah. You know, you kind of... Right. I mean, I'm sure you know, you know, yes. with your uh, new company.
1: Yeah. I've been thinking about that recently, too, because, like... With that, like, I mean, I started because I was going insane. Like, mm. <laughs> I, ha- I just graduated in December. Mm. Um, and then I went to Korea with a couple of my friends for, like, two weeks. And so I was like, that's going to be my break. And then when I come back, like, it's a new chapter of my life. Mm. And I'm going to do all these things that I had set up. And a lot of it was within the wedding industry. But then Corona hit. And, and early for me, early March, because my dad, like, they watch Korean news too. And um, it was really like a big thing since, like, I want to say even December in yeah. Asia, right? And it didn't come here and, and people didn't tar- start taking it seriously till March. But right. my parents were like really cautious about that from the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so, um, As soon as March hit, like, I think first weekend or maybe second weekend, my dad was like, you guys can't leave. Like, you can't see anyone. Like, Mm. so I was like on house arrest, (laughs) like, couldn't see, I couldn't meet any friends and couldn't go anywhere. And so being like that and then not having, you know, a job to go to anymore and not having schoolwork to do, Mm. I didn't know like what to do with myself. And so I've always considered myself to be like a pretty optimistic person and have like never really thought about like my mental health. But I think it, like, made me realize, like, how important mental health is. And, like, maybe I'm not as good as I thought. Mm. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Um, but I started going crazy. And I was, like, just in bed all day. Like, no motivation. Yeah. Like, like a sense of hopelessness, I guess. Even though I know that it'll pass. It's, like, really hard to, like, get yourself to think that way when you, like, keep digging yourself into this hole of, like, my life sucks. Like, yeah. you know, nothing's happening for me, you know. Um, so then... Like, randomly one day, I think I, like, got up and was like, okay, I can either continue to, like, stay in bed and, like, be, you know, that person or I can just try something that, you know, is interesting to me or I find fun. And so, I've always liked crafts, like, arts and crafts. Yeah. Um, and so, I was like, let me, like, go to Joanne's. This is, like, later. This is, like, I was like that for, like, a while. So, this is, I think, like, maybe a month and a half later. So shops were kind of opening up for like curbside I pick up and whatnot. So I was like, okay, let me just see what they have. And so I went and I was wearing like a ring that I had bought from Korea. And I was like, oh, I could make this. And so I was like, let me go find the beads. And so just said that and started making it. And then that's kind of how it came to be. But yeah, with like with like you said, when I first started, I was like, how do I like get people to know about it? Mm-hmm. And like the only thing I could think of was Social media, yeah. and as much as I didn't want to, I was like, I kind of need that for exposure. Yeah. And so I actually don't handle any of the social media stuff. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> My best friend helps me with all of it. Oh, that's awesome. So I like like the creative part of like coming up with flat lays and like how to you know prop like make the props for the pictures, but um, uploading it and like coming up with captions and hashtags and all of that stuff like I don't do any of it
0: so was it just you two working on everything
1: at first it was just us too because she was also like an employee just yeah. graduated from usc and so i was like oh i kind of like want to sell these like what do you think and she's like yeah it'll be fun so we sat down we made our website within like two hours mm. and then we the next day we took pictures and then put them on the website and that was kind of it and then i have a younger sister who's also I mean everyone's home right so she's also at home and she's always been pretty crafty too and so she was like oh can I help so both of them like helped me out a lot
0: that's cool yeah I think that's that's a smart thing to do I mean it can be overwhelming to try to do that all by yourself Right. yeah I mean that kind of just gave me an idea now that like I should do more projects collaboratively with people because Mm -hmm. I find that it's hard for me to like stay accountable with things yeah like like for this podcast i had a huge lull where i didn't post any or record any for a while Uh and i feel like if you have even just a team of like three people it's like keeps you more on a schedule probably Uh right
1: it makes it more fun to me like yeah yeah, i want to sell these rings because i feel like there are people out there who would like them and Mm -hmm. i think it's a good product for myself you know but i kind of struggle with like business relationships and like transactions and stuff like that because if I could I would want to give things to people for free and just maintain a relationship (laughs) with them but obviously that's not like how the world works you know and so with the two of them like they kind of have more of that brain of like oh like we need this to you know be making money and not be losing money and like so it's kind of cool having like as small as it is like a team yeah because it makes it more like Number one, like you're more motivated because you have people working with you and people who can get excited about it with you And then also like they bring in like thoughts that you probably wouldn't have thought of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know And I like working with people so having people like I think is for me It works better than like someone who like wants to have control over everything,
0: you know. Yeah, I think that's smart So when did the idea come for the Beth and you?
1: So yeah, that was literally, I went to Jovan's, picked up some beads and was like, I can make this. And that was? Maybe May. Yeah. But, um, so that just like, and it's pretty, it, yeah, it was pretty easy for me to make. And I was like, oh, I enjoy doing this. And so that's how the product itself kind of came to be. Are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's basically, it's (laughs) They're really cool. Thanks. They're beaded rings. So it's made out of like flexible jewelry cord and I'm not much of a jewelry wearer and I never really was because it's like a hassle. Mm. That's how I feel, like I don't like having things on me but there was this one ring that I had got from Korea with the same concept and I wore that like all the time because Mm -hmm. it was like flexible and like, I didn't feel like it was constraining, you know? Yeah. So um, that's why I like them so much and it's not everybody's like cup of tea I guess but I'm sure there are people out there who feel the same way about it as i do you know yeah. like that what is it like niche market niche target Might i think not they look everyone's. really
0: cool too <laughs> <Thank> because <you. laughs> most rings are just like a silver thing yeah and like, maybe it's something but right. it's like throughout the whole thing there's yeah all different colors and do you think i could pull one off
1: i don't know maybe you know that'd Does be Ethan cool work? like no you know he'll come <laughs> over and like slip one on for fun and stuff and it's yeah. silly because you don't really see guys uh-huh. wearing that but um no i don't know i think it it could be cool <laughs> i feel like i would wear a bracelet
0: if you had a yeah, bracelet. yeah yeah no
1: i've thought about that too it's just they take so much longer and oh, i don't really? know how to calculate like how to effectively price them you know
0: wait do you put those little beads on hand yeah one by one yeah oh my god yeah. do you need like a magnifying glass i or have something?
1: one but i yeah. don't i i feel like i'm young enough where i don't need that yet
0: yeah
2: but
1: um no, and I enjoy doing it. If I didn't enjoy doing it, I wouldn't have started it. Like, I've always been that type of person where
2: right.
1: it might make me sound like a brat, I guess. <laughs> but if I don't have interest in it, I, like, can't get myself to, like, suck up and do it. Mm. And I know that's a bad thing. But in an, if, I, if I try to think about it in a good way, it's like when I really am interested in something, like, I, I feel like I give in my 300%.
0: I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I mean, I think everyone has a breaking point when you're working on something that you don't want to be doing. And you can only do that for so long. So, like, I mean, there's people who get into careers that they don't like. And maybe they realize 10, 15 years down the road. And then it's like, now you're in a hole. Yeah. You know? Yeah, if you can just put yourself where you're where you're most comfortable or where where you'll succeed the most right that's the best spot to be in
1: yeah that's why I think what we were talking about earlier about like being somebody who's like creative I feel like there are always like little things you want to try out Mm. you know there's for even for me I feel like there I've always wanted to kind of dabble in this a little and then in this a little but I get scared that like doing it I'm gonna have to stay in it You know what I mean? Like, I feel that pressure of like, oh, then at the end, I'm going to be like good at a lot of little things, but not great at anything. Mm. (laughs) That type of mindset. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So once I go for it, I feel like I put pressure on myself to become like really, really good at it and just keep that going.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's always been scary to me to like start something and then not finish it. And then, you know, people asking, oh, what happened to that? And you're like, oh, yeah, I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah feel like maybe wasted time but I guess it's not wasted time because it gets you to where you're supposed to be yeah I mean so so when you first had the idea were you at all like overwhelmed at how to start the process or anything or
1: the overwhelming part for me was like marketing Mm -hmm. because I don't really have that much of a background in that
0: what did you go to school for
1: I went to Fitum in LA and I went for visual communications. That was like my AA degree, what I got my AA in. Mm -hmm. And then I stayed another year and a half to get my um, bachelor's degree in business management. Mm. So I guess we touched upon marketing like a little bit, but it wasn't like catered towards just marketing, you know? And so what I thought would be most relevant to this was like, because it's a small creative, like someone making rings at home type of thing. I was like, oh, we probably need social media to like, spread it out there and like let people know that it exists so that was the overwhelming part of the social media part and that's why i chose to like put that on to someone else Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i could enjoy doing what i enjoyed doing which was like designing the rings and like coming up with a concept for it and like more of like you know the story like I love stories I love when there's like a meaning to something Mm. so um that's what I wanted to do for the ring so like all of the rings are inspired I guess by um people that are real to me in my life and like that was one way where I could make it fun for me and like something I wanted to do rather than like I had to do or like felt overwhelmed by
0: yeah that's really cool yeah do you design a ring and then show and be like hey this is inspired by you or do you kind of work with them at all or what's the so
1: how I started was I came up with like little stories like four to five sentences of like how would I describe this person yeah and then I try to translate that into the design of the ring Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah so like on the website like I put the story on there it's like four to five sentences I think and it explains like for example Sam like she's really hard working and she has a good work-life balance and you know these are qualities I admire about her and I like kind of wanted to put both of her style and personality into a ring that like she would wear yeah if that makes sense at yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah.
0: it's it's more than just what the product is it's like people want people want another story behind it and they want to feel connection and they want to you know i mean you see it all the time people there's a lot of people who they're willing to pay more for things that they want to stand behind or right. companies that they like you know more than just what they're making mm-hmm. but what they're doing and so yeah finding a way to do that I think is is important was that something you were conscious of were you like I can't just make rings I need to like
1: it actually started with naming the products Mm. like I needed to figure out like was I gonna call it ring one or like pink ring like you know and then I was like oh like maybe I can do something a little bit more personal and I think my sister might have like pitched the idea she's like oh you should name it after your friends Mm. and I was like oh that's kind of basic like I don't know (laughs) if I want to do that and then I was like actually like that i i kind of do like that idea and so that's what i did i started naming the products and then i was like oh well now they have a name to it but like are people gonna like care that like w- they're gonna look at it and be like why is this called sam mm. why is this called kiki like you know and so that's when i was like oh i should like build more of a story to yeah it. yeah
0: was there a time when you uh because like at the beginning of quarantine you know everyone thought oh it's gonna be two weeks then maybe two months or something like that mm. And so were you, were you like waiting at first and like, it'll blow over and then I'll (laughs) get back into wedding stuff?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And
0: then was there a time where you're like, I can't really rely on that?
1: Oh yeah. So like I work with two different wedding planning companies. One is a little bit smaller. It's just one wedding planner who does everything herself. Mm -hmm. And then another company, they have like multiple wedding planners.
2: Mm.
1: I worked with both of them to help on the day of where it's like, I go and like set up everything on the day of the wedding and like. I'm there to like help coordinate the event and then with a smaller wedding planner i also helped her with like back-end stuff where it's like talking to the vendors and making sure everything's lined up and like coming up with timelines and lists or whatever i needed to do and so i was getting exposure that way and then i had also been connected to um a wedding stylist where they don't plan the wedding they literally attend to just the bride on the wedding day so it's like your focus is just on making sure the bride looks good throughout the whole wedding. <laughs> and so I don't want to do that, but I was like, Oh, that's a great way for me to meet like people within the industry. And then also work with clients that are like a different crowd. I mean, you need more money to have a service like that. So yeah. it's a different type of target market, I guess. Uh-huh. But, um, I had all that lined up and like, it was such a busy year cause it's 2020. A lot of people want that. Oh yeah. As their anniversary date like as funny as it sounds I didn't even think about that. yeah so it was like a lot of people were you know reaching out to wedding planners and we had like a good schedule I was like excited that now that I'm done with school I could solely focus on this Mm. and so when quarantine first hit it was like it was like a gradual progression where it was like I didn't really hear back from the bigger wedding planning company and then the smaller one that I worked directly with just that one planner she was like yeah it looks like things are gonna be postponed like we're not gonna really go through with a lot of, like, the summer weddings that were supposed to come. Mm-hmm. And then the wedding stylist, it was just like, yep, like, everything's canceled. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, oh, shoot, like, now I don't have everything that I planned out for. What am I supposed to do? And then I realized, wait, the whole world is on pause. Like, mm-hmm. I guess, like, this is just the way it's going to be.
3: Yeah.
1: It's more recently for me now that I see, like, things starting to open up a little bit. You know, I don't know if that's good. But um, now I'm starting to kind of worry of, like, is wedding planning the right thing to do? Because within that, I don't know if it's going to fully recover for a long time, you know?
0: So you didn't work on any weddings?
1: I actually did one backyard wedding in August. Uh But that was like the first one I did since March. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. But before, like at the beginning of the year, were you working on some weddings for either of those? I actually
1: wasn't because... Even within the wedding industry, there are like peak seasons of yeah, when yeah. people want to get we- so married. You're a and wedding. not a lot of people have weddings in January, mm-hmm. February, March. You know, it picks up more like now. <laughs> and then fall is like a big time for people to get married. Yeah.
0: So is it the smaller one that you did the wedding for in August? Mm-hmm. And how is that?
1: It was interesting. I mean, it was definitely scaled down. I think it was like 20 people. Mm. To be honest, I don't think that was even allowed at the time because yeah. it was like groups of 10 or less, right? Mm. Um, but it was outdoor and it was in a backyard. And um, I don't know, it had its own charm to it. I kind of was like, oh, it's going to be lame. <laughs> but um, it was more intimate, so yeah. that was cool. And then I think people were just really excited to like be interacting with each other again. And you could feel that. Yeah. So, And it w- that's what I felt too, like being around people working for the first time like that was cool so I thought it was going to be a little bit underwhelming compared to like a 200 person wedding at this beautiful venue yeah but I don't know it kind of opened up like I do I kind of like this it was cool yeah
0: because I was thinking like uh, what's it like to go to a wedding that you don't know anybody there you know like oh being yeah out, you yeah know? yeah it's kind of a strange uh, spot to be in I love it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's such an intimate thing, right? People getting married. And um, especially when like if they have personal vows or like to me, it's the father daughter dance. Mm. That's so intimate to me. And like being able to watch that as a stranger is kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I like the aspect of that. Like it's such a special moment for them. And like me as someone who's never met them before or like a complete outsider gets to be a part of it. Yeah. That's what I really like about it.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess now you're just working on Beth and you and do you have hope for getting back into weddings or
1: for now, like that's really what I'm interested in and want to do. I don't know if for the rest of my life, that's what I'm going to want to do. But for now, I like, I do miss it a lot and wish I could be doing it more. So I was actually thinking about like reaching out to just more wedding planners, seeing if they need help. Mm. But then I'm also thinking like, is that the smartest thing to do while we're still in the middle of the pandemic? Like, you know, I kind of, I mean, I guess that's up to each individual and how comfortable they feel about it. But Mm -hmm. for me, I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing out on opportunities because I'm like, if I don't reach out and if they do need help and if I don't reach out and take that spot, somebody else's. Yeah. And then I put that pressure on myself. But then at the same time, I'm like safety wise, like, is it the smartest thing to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I guess it doesn't hurt to reach out and decide later.
1: True. That's a good idea too. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um so so Beth and you launched what 2 weeks ago or something? No, it
1: was like it's been a month, I
0: think. Oh, it's been a month. It was August. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so What was it like leading up to that? Was that, was it nerve wracking?
1: It definitely was because I was like, what if I do this and like no one responds (laughs) to it, you know? But I think to prepare myself for that, like I kept like not building up any expectations. Mm -hmm. Like my sister was more of the type where she was like getting all excited. Like, oh, like what if this many people are interested, you know? Mm -hmm. But like for my own like mental sake, like I was like to not be, disappointed like Mm. i was like oh like no one's gonna be interested in it (laughs) and that's kind of how i like forced myself to think about it so when like more people than zero showed interest (laughs) i was like oh cool (laughs) but yeah
0: yeah i guess that's a good
1: I don't know if that's know, good. good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's...
0: But, well, it's better than, than being the opposite and being like... Because that's where I find myself. I'll, I'll daydream and think about the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. And then when that doesn't happen, it's frustrating. Yeah. You, no, don't, you don't... Yeah, want to, you, yeah. I guess no expectation is the best to not even... to be pessimistic or too optimistic I don't know
1: but to be honest like I say that because that's what I have to force myself to think but Mm -hmm. obviously like when you're so excited about anything like you're not gonna jump to thinking like really low expectations you're gonna be like excited about it and be like daydreaming exactly about like what could evolve Mm -hmm. and so obviously like I felt that way too I was like oh what if it does really blow up and like you know people really like it but every time I like caught myself thinking that way I would force myself to downplay it and be like no one's gonna like it." (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
0: both extremes yeah Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) I mean did you do you have any experience in the past of like I don't know just putting yourself out there in this artistic creative way like was that scary at all
1: yeah because i feel like people who meet like my intimate circle of friends like they all know that i'm pretty creative and i like doing arts and crafts and like you know yeah but i don't think i ever wanted other people to see Uh me in that way for the same like what we talked about earlier like i don't want them to like label me as an artist and then be like oh what are you working on now Mm. you know like oh i thought you were an artist why are you not doing this or like you know what i mean so like that's kind of why like even though I've considered myself to be a pretty artsy person I've never wanted other people to view me in that way. Mm. And going to FITM like every single time I'm like I went to FITM someone has to say like oh so you're going to be a fashion designer and like I'm sure everybody that goes to FITM gets that but like when people ask me that it's like I have to sit there and explain no I'm not a fashion designer but I do this and then like the this part, like, I don't even know what that is. So, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't like people, like, having to ask me expecting one certain answer when I don't even know what that answer is. Yeah. I mean, like, I paint and stuff for fun. Like, right. literally, purely for fun. Like, nothing really that great. It's just, like, shape sometimes. <laughs> did
0: you make the Beth and You logo? Uh
1: Yeah, I did.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like
1: it. Oh, thanks, but, yeah, like, I do that stuff and, like, just anything kind of creative that people like do like I like to vlog when I meet friends um, I like to like vlog when I meet or like have a little event and then like put it together in like a really crappy YouTube video because I don't really know how to edit but I keep it so that like years later I can look back and be like oh I had this you know yeah, what I mean? like the awesome. same thing like you said we have so many resources to like document stuff like why not use it Yeah. and then sometimes the pro, like, I don't know how it is editing this, but like, editing a video, there's still so much like creativity that comes along with it, For sure, which is what I enjoy doing about it. Mm-hmm. I don't do it often, but like, I do do that sometimes. Every time I feel like I am forcing myself to have to do it, that's when I stop, you know. But yeah. when like a lot of the times, like, if I had a really fun day or like I know I'm gonna have a fun day, like, I kind of want to document that, <laughs> you know,
2: like um,
1: today, yeah, like today, <laughs> 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 yeah. Do you have, like, people that you want to interview already lined up, or is it just, like...
0: Not really. Really? I don't... I mean, pretty much almost everybody who's been on the podcast has been uh, people that have said, like, hey, I like the podcast, and then i oh, like, uh-huh. oh want to do one? <laughs> and then that's how uh-huh. it happens. Right. I think there's maybe been once or twice where I've asked a friend.
1: Uh-huh. Are you looking into these people before you meet up with them, or they're close... They've been close enough to you for now where you know enough about them to, like ask these questions
0: I guess both like certain ones normal people are hard to research kind of like all you can do is like look (laughs) at their Instagram or something yeah and a lot of times (laughs) it doesn't really tell you that much Uh you know so but artists and people who put stuff out there there's a little more to work with Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so yeah I guess as much as I can yeah like for you I looked at your Instagram and just
1: (laughs) but like what can my Instagram is pretty personal like I don't Ever like post anything like, or I hate taking selfies. I don't know why that is. Huh. Like, I don't think I've taken a selfie since like sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. But what I, happened, sophomore year? I don't Did know.
0: Selfie gone wrong. I I
1: guess <laughs> I don't know. Like it's so weird. Like I'll go through because sometimes like throughout college and stuff, there have been times where like for class you need to like upload a profile picture, and mm. I don't like want to take one on the spot. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, so I like look for something to use, and I'm like like I don't have any pictures of just myself. Mm. But so. Oh, so
0: you. So even like a not selfie, like a picture someone else took. I just feel awkward. That's by yourself. Yeah. I I think I
1: feel awkward. And I think I like pictures because it reminds me of like the memory aspect. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, like. I don't really like doing things by myself a lot. I yeah. don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I like doing things with people. Like, yeah, even yeah. if it's, like, going to Target, I, like, will be, like, do you want to go to Target? With, like, yeah. I'll pick my friend up and be, like, let's go to Target. Or, you know. So I think since I'm always around with people when I, like, do things, like, I don't know why I would take a picture of just myself. Mm. I Like, I want the other person to be in it so that I could fully remember, you know.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's weird because if you look at, probably most people's instagrams Mm -hmm. it's all themselves
1: yeah i mean for the most part yeah and i don't think there's anything wrong with that either but i think that there is like that fine line of when someone's doing it for Mm themselves and when they're doing it because they have like pressure on themselves to put something out there and have people like tell them they look good
0: i feel like you see more photos with other people and stuff when you look at normal people but then when you look at like influencers and people who have a brand and stuff like that right it's about just posting themselves because i guess people who are a fan of them they just want to see them them.
1: yeah of course and i'm sure they have separate accounts where it's like a more intimate following Uh, of yeah like you know like
2: that's probably if you
1: were to blow up one day you would have like your personal (laughs) yeah and then you'd have the one you use for the your podcast or whatever Uh you know so that's why when people like younger girls I'm talking about too like you see like on Instagram now where they're like acting as many celebrities like celebrities of their own world because Mm. they're taking you know like taking pictures the way the same way celebrities do it's like celebrities I feel like do that because that's their job Mm. they use that platform as their job to like be sponsored and sell this product or you know yeah but normal people there's no need for that yeah so it's like I mean, they can't, if you want yeah. to take a really like good picture of yourself and upload it, I have nothing against it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for myself, I think when I was like younger and I did that stuff, like I don't think it was ever for myself that I took selfies. I think it was because like I uploaded it once and then people would be like, oh, you're so cute or like you yeah. look so good. And then that makes you feel good in that moment. So you want to do it again. Yeah. You know?
0: And then if you don't get that, you're like, fuck this picture. I'm Yeah. <laughs> yeah <right>. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I guess if that's what you want to do, though, Mm -hmm. like, how do you become an influencer without it's weird because it's not something you apply for or something like that. You just got to start doing it and hopefully people start following you and sharing
1: I mean, I think now that it's becoming more and more of a thing like influencer marketing and, and influencers, Yeah. Um, there's so many resources out there where like people have gone through it. Like we'll share their story and their tips. I don't know how much they share, but um, have you heard of like nano influencers and micro influencers? No, tell me. Right. So influencers, <laughs> like when you think of influencer, who do you think of? Like Kylie Jenner or like yeah. someone huge, right? Yeah, yeah. But we also have a lot of micro nano influencers now where it's like people with under 10 K-5 followers they're considered a a micro influencer because (laughs) (laughs) they still have influence over a certain amount of people yeah you know so when i was doing all the beth and you stuff i've actually reached out to a couple of um smaller nano micro influencers what's that like um kind of sad sometimes because <laughs> they don't reply <laughs> really. but i mean i've gotten over it because like i'm never going to see them ever again yeah. so it's like i take my shot if they don't want it it wasn't meant to be and like that's it mm. it's e- it's harder when you're meeting someone in person and you pitch something and then they're like no mm. but when it's so easy over like an email like you forget about it you know yeah but i have reached out to a couple and like to be honest like a lot of the times they don't even get back to you and i'm sure they get so many of those emails in a day but there have been a couple that have, and I'm thinking about, like, if it's worth the money and if it's something I want to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's really easy for people to become an influence. Not really easy, but it's not impossible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you look into it a little bit, I feel like you could even do it. Like, you know, like, anyone <laughs> could do it. It's Dang, I could do not, it? It's not, like, I mean, it gets hard when it becomes a job and you're getting paid to, like, you know, Yeah. work with these specific partners and sponsors but i think like to start off it's like pick a cool location take a cool picture you know um look up what hashtags get you more people to find your picture like you know it's like there's a lot of resources i think out there for anybody that's interested in it i might be like downplaying how hard it is Hmm. but um from what i've been seeing i feel like if you really want to do it it's not like you need a degree for it is my point like you know what i mean like you could just do it
0: Anybody out there that wants to be an influencer, you know, it's really easy. Yeah, it's so easy. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't become successful yet, you're a failure. Yeah, I know. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll become an influencer.
1: I think you have um, a chance.
0: (laughs) I think those people that you're talking about that are acting like influencers that aren't, Mm -hmm. they're like dipping their feet in the water, kind of. see, yeah. Or just trying to like maybe do it without fully committing to it because I feel like that can be hard to do it's embarrassing to just start being like I'm an influencer now but I only have two followers exactly
1: no I give them so much like props I guess because I don't think I could ever do that like I would be so scared of what people around me think because when you're first starting off Like it's people that like you probably actually know Uh and then imagine like you claiming to be an influencer and then people around you like judging you for I don't know I think personally like I'm not strong enough of a person to ever attempt to do something like that just also because I don't even like I said I think I don't have a strong mental game like I think I'm like really hard on myself and I've never like really realize that till this quarantine Mm -hmm. but i think that if i was to put myself out there like these people do and have random people like commenting stuff that might not be good things and more like critiquing me or like whatever yeah i could just imagine like living like that for a week Mm. i don't know how i would be after that week yeah you know so i think it also takes a certain person like
2: for for me
1: personally i just think i would never be able to like handle that but I think there are people who view social media in a completely different way, where it's like it's just more of a job, maybe. And to them, it's like it doesn't really bother them.
0: I mean, even if you can handle it, I don't know how healthy it would be yeah. to just face your entire day kind of around that. Like, it kind of made me think when you were saying, I mean, this is kind of different, but when you mm-hmm. were talking about um, reaching out to people and then not getting back to you. And yeah. like, at first, it kind of hurts your feelings, but yeah. then you get used to it. <laughs> uh-huh. But then... I don't know, like, what happens when you become numb to, like, certain things that maybe you're not supposed to, to be, be numb to? To be numb to, yeah. I was talking about this with Mike the other day, uh-huh. also, just like the idea of, like, only thinking about yourself all the time. Uh huh. And that's kind of what we were talking about with, like, sharing photos and things of other people and stuff. But that seems like something where, you know, you're staring at pictures of yourself all day, you're trying to make yourself look the best, and. Just being so wrapped up in yourself and staring at yourself all the time. I think that that would be hard on yourself.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I'm careful about, like, saying it because I don't want to be like, oh, you're living your life wrong. And that's not what I'm saying either. not at all. But I think, like, even if you are a person that can handle it a little bit better, like Mm -hmm. you said, I really don't think that in the long long term ways, I don't think it's healthy for anybody Mm -hmm. to be really living their life like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's hard because a lot of people, like, I guess, enjoy it. And it's how, like, think about the future of marketing. Like, how much of it's going to depend on social media. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I fall into it all the time. Like, I'm scrolling through Instagram. And, like, a lot of the things I've bought recently, it's because, like, it's been an ad on Instagram. Or, like, somebody on social media Mm -hmm. talked about it. You know? Like, I don't know how else I've bought something new for a really long time. Unless it was something, like, I needed. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: yeah for sure it's I mean it's so powerful and I think there's a lot of people that want to be a part of that and I guess just kind of what I was saying is like maybe everyone makes it out to be so easy and you know everything there's more difficulties than that you don't see of course and I don't even know how I'm speaking on this like I am
1: (laughs) (laughs) no but you don't no yeah I totally totally agree with what you're saying it's
0: really interesting because this wasn't a job that existed Five, 10 years or whatever like it's brand new yeah but it's something that probably a lot of especially young girls grow up wanting to do now
1: yeah no for sure for sure
0: oh and what I was gonna say was um I think it feels good it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about like mm-hmm. you know this project you being able to work on it with other people you know making the rings about the stories of your friends and stuff like doesn't that feel good for it to be bigger than just yourself kind of you know what I'm saying
1: yeah no yeah as opposed to if
0: it was just just you doing it yeah or like me too like it feels good to like try to maybe promote somebody else what they're doing or be Mm -hmm. like look at this person check them out it's like a win-win
1: and not just a yeah win for yourself and then like no yeah um, yeah, like I, that's why I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm putting pressure on my sister and my friend because <laughs> it's more it is more of like my idea and what I want to do. Yeah. So I'm really careful about that, too. I'm like, oh, like, can you do this or do you want to like anytime if you don't want to, like, let me know because I'm the same way. Like, I don't want them to be helping me because they feel like they need to be helping me. I mm. want them to only be helping me if they're having fun doing it, you know? like one of the things I was thinking about is I've all like I from the beginning I wanted to like do something where I could give back in some way yeah. you know and I think a lot of companies do that these days and like the one way they do it is like a certain amount of their proceeds goes to blah 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 nonprofit or blah 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 cause and I'm still looking into that yeah I definitely want to do that I just am trying to figure out like what cause fits right and sits right with me yeah like what I've care about mm-hmm. um, when I first started like I immediately had that thought because yeah. I I don't know now that you're thinking about it if it was a selfish like a motivated thing where it was like I wanted to do that so it makes myself seem like a good person yeah or if I genuinely wanted to I don't know I'm thinking about that now but um I had that idea and I pitched it to you know my friend and my sister and they're like well I think you're not ready for that yet I think you need to revisit that thought after you break even yeah and I was like, okay, they're telling me to. Like, I'm not good with numbers. I don't, not good at like pricing things the way it should be. Like, you know, so I was like, I'll take your word for it. So I haven't. But then I, um, just I've been thinking about it more often. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's something that I've always wanted to do. And I don't think I should necessarily be waiting for a certain point to be like, oh, I'm now I'm ready to give back, you know? So, I mean, obviously I've had sales since. So I could always just allocate a certain amount towards whatever, you know, thing. But yeah, I'm still thinking of what it is, because at first I wanted to do something that was involved with like young kids and within the arts, Mm because like I've always loved like making crafts at home. And that's what made me happy. Yeah. And I feel like for a lot of kids, like being creative through arts and crafts is like a therapeutic thing. Yeah. When you're young, like you can express yourself so much through like what you draw or what you paint or, you know. So I've always wanted to do something like that, but then recently with, like, the air quality and, like, all of that stuff, I'm like, I should care a little bit more about climate change and, like, sustainable living and, you know. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, what it is that I want to, like, give back to. Yeah. I don't think there has to be one thing, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm still thinking about that, looking into it, probably not as much as I should be, but that's something. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a really interesting topic because there's a lot of aspects— that it's like doing something like that mm-hmm. is something nice to do like right. there's that side of it where it's like yeah it would feel good if I have if I'm able to give or donate yeah to a cause that's important to me mm-hmm. I want to do that but mm-hmm. I'm just starting out a business right do I want to take away from this business possibly that is um you know not well off at this point or (laughs) like where people would be putting like why haven't you donated to any? you know right you're making millions of dollars yeah you're not at that point yeah of course but then there's also on top of that like it's also a marketing tool
1: exactly whether people yeah
0: want it to be or not Uh
1: uh-huh
0: and i wonder how many people are doing it from that stance or not yeah and i don't know that it matters that much because you're still donating so it's like because that could honestly be a thing where somebody chooses to buy one of your rings because of they the, yeah. see what part of the money is going towards. I would
1: just feel like I'm tricking them then, you know. But the reason I say that is because it's like, like let's say, would they have bought it if they didn't know I was associated with giving back to this certain thing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No. Then I feel like the only reason they bought it is because of that. And then I start feeling like, okay, well, then am I using it as more of a marketing mm-hmm like I don't it's so weird. Like I've thought about it a lot.
0: It's it's tricky.
1: And it's like hard because like you said in the end like you still are doing a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then you go back to like what is the intention I guess? Yeah. Or I don't you know. And like I would be lying if I said like I didn't think of it as like beneficial to marketing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like everybody knows that. That's yeah, what yeah. all these companies are doing it because yes, I guess they want to give back, but also it's to attract a certain amount of people who feel the same way about that cause. Mm -hmm. But I think I just have to like get inside my head. Like I'm going to have to like not be so wishy-washy. You know, if I decide to do that, I'm going to have to convince myself that it's okay, that it is somewhat of a marketing tool because that's just the way things are.
2: You can't avoid it. And
1: like not guilt trip myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely tricky. And it's like, I don't even know what the right answer is when it comes to the question of like, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing?
0: I mean, I think if you decide to do it, it's not going to be a bad thing, even if part of it is motivated by marketing. Yeah. You're not, uh, you know, taking advantage of people in a certain, right. You know, as long as you're honestly doing what you're saying, you're going to be doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, I also don't think you should feel pressure to do anything like that. Yeah. Like I see your sister and your friend's point of mm-hmm. like, I think before social media and before there was this much transparency and companies yeah there was a lot less pressure to do those kind of things yeah and I don't I don't want to say like don't donate to these companies (laughs) or don't do something like that yeah but I do also see the side of yeah if you don't have an excess of money or to be giving it's like it's understandable why you wouldn't right and possibly there's a situation where by you not doing that maybe will allow you to give more in the future or is there the possibility that there's a company out there that was Donating all their money and stuff and then one under because they didn't take care of their own. (laughs) Right, right.
1: That's a good point. No, that's, yeah.
0: Is it better to maybe be a little more selfish so you can get to a higher spot where you can give more? Mm -hmm. I don't know.
1: I think I've always struggled with money. I mean, everyone does, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for me personally, like, I always struggle with that thought of, like, I know that the lifestyle I like to live as of now Mm -hmm requires money Mm. (laughs) like if I had not I wouldn't (laughs) you know as much as I want to say I don't care about materialistic things or like experiences like I want to travel and like you don't travel for free you need money so I know that the life that I want to live in the end requires an x amount at least x amount of money Mm -hmm. but then at the same time whenever I try to think of like doing a job for the money you know I'm like I want to do what I enjoy Mm -hmm. doing so then I try to be like okay I don't care about the money but then I know that's not like a realistic thought process to have yeah if you know what I mean
0: yeah I think it's hard too when you know anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur rely on that on themselves it's like if you don't have a company above you that's paying you a salary or something like Mm -hmm. that you kind of have to worry about that on your own because there's not a company that's ensuring that whatever comes in mm-hmm. but i think that can be hard and maybe yeah uh, make people have to be more selfish than they would like to be yeah but yeah money's cool i mean <laughs> it's a thing that i think people need
1: yeah i think i have like an inner problem of like associating money with bad sometimes huh. i don't know i don't know why that is because i work um part-time at a women's clothing boutique i don't know if you know that I have since I was, like, in college, on and off. So I've been with them for, like, over three years now. What is it? It's called Johnny Was, and it's, like, it's targeted towards a little bit older women. Uh-huh. Like, I would say 30s and up. I mean, anyone can wear it, but that's what their target market is.
2: Old ladies. Yeah,
1: old ladies with a lot of money. But, um, yeah, and it's, like, a little bit higher price point, like, average two 300 for a top. Uh-huh. So, like, you know, it's not, like, cheap. Yeah. Um, but working there like i had never interacted with that crowd of people other than like maybe my mom and her friends you know so i really really liked working there even though it was just a part-time retail job because i was building like relationships with people that i would never have thought to Mm. build and i really liked the part of like helping them pick their outfits and like styling you know what this would look good with this and like where are you going like this would be perfect for that like you know that part of it but obviously it being a business like we have certain sales goals to me mm. and so every week i would have to track like how many sales i had and like how many pieces i sold and like you know yeah and then once it became about like meeting those goals That really really stressed me out Mm -hmm. and so I really contemplated like if I wanted to keep working there because it was stressing me out so much yeah and so I did leave (laughs) for a little bit I left when I first started so that I can like stop doing that and then work on other things but a big part of it was because I was starting to feel guilty like selling these women things when I knew that they had just bought something last week Mm -hmm. you know and to them maybe like they don't care but from someone who doesn't have as much money and it. Like, I guess I was thinking of things, this is what I realized later. Like, I think I was thinking of things only from my perspective, which I think is hard for me to not do a lot of the times. Uh But um, when I came back, I came back with that perspective of like, well, you know what, maybe for me, I feel like I'm taking advantage of them because I'm selling them things that I know that they don't necessarily need. But to that person, that could be a way of like, feeling good about themselves maybe Mm. and if they have that much money you know where they can afford to be spending in that way who am i to tell them that that's wrong you know because maybe that's what matters to them i don't know yeah but um so i came back kind of trying to force myself to think about it in a different way and so it's been better Mm -hmm. but that was something like i really struggled with working retail
0: yeah that is interesting to be selling something that you wouldn't buy maybe you know you're not in that same economic class or something like right
1: that. but it what it's like it's not a bad thing you know no
0: it's not bad no i mean yeah i mean because what i don't know what are they what are you gonna do what are they gonna do right it, them not buying this and now they have 300 dollars more in their pocket <laughs> and now what are they gonna do
1: right i just i try to think of it like okay maybe she's had a really rough week her coming in here for an hour you know during yeah. her week is like they're like retail therapy they say i don't know how like i don't know if retail therapy is a real thing if it's a good thing bad thing or whatever but maybe to her that like one hour she spends with me and me selling her these things like means something to her and she enjoys it
2: yeah
1: versus me thinking of it as like oh like she's in here again and i'm selling her these pieces when i know she just bought something last week like you know like i don't know everything i feel like is about perspective like the way you think of things Mm
0: mm-hmm yeah, it's a really interesting topic. Could it be looked at as, like, an addiction or something <laughs> like that? If May- yeah, definitely, definitely. If definitely. You look at an extreme case. But right. Yeah, because I I was thinking, obviously it's not the same as this, but I was, like, thinking, like, what if you worked at, I don't know, a casino uh-huh. where and you have somebody coming back that's, like, spending all their Constantly, money. Constantly, yeah. Gambling. Gambling
1: their money away.
0: Or, you know, if you're selling someone drugs or mm-hmm. something like that, but it does. But closing does not hurt them in the same way nearly as much.
1: Hopefully. I mean, but that kind of, like, made me think about things differently when it came to the business world. Mm. Because I think so many, like, I mean, business itself, it's like, what's the point? You yeah. pay someone to give you something that you want yeah. and you get that in return. And it's like a transactional relationship. Yeah. I think I really struggle with that. I don't know.
0: And because, like, whatever price you charge and stuff, it's like you're personally tied to that when it's your own company too yeah. you know when you're working for the boutique you didn't decide anything you didn't price these at that but right. when it's attached to yourself your own company and stuff uh-huh. like if you think about if somebody was working for you and they're not going to sell something because they're like this person doesn't need that you yeah know? yeah I guess you gotta just try to get people to work for you or work with you that see something the same way that you do No, yeah. or believe in the product or mm-hmm. believe in the brand which I think can be hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, it helps at the boutique that it's not like somewhere that sells like party gowns or like, you know, something so specific, Mm. like it's a lifestyle brand. Mm -hmm. So it kind of comforts me knowing that like they could wear this whenever, wherever. Mm -hmm. But imagine if it was like, you know, something so specific. I think that would be even harder, at least for me to like justify why I'm selling it to that person. Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe that's none of my business. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they're in here to buy. My job is to sell, and that's what it should be. Uh But I think because I'm, like, an emotional person and, like, I think that's probably why I'm trying to, like, make it out to be something more when it doesn't have to be sometimes. Mm -hmm.
0: No, I think I struggle with that, too. I mean, I would feel better about selling something smaller. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you selling these rings that aren't crazy expensive. Yeah. that's fine. That would be, <laughs> so if it's a cheaper
1: that. thing, you wouldn't feel as bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hard thing, too, is like because they're handmade, mm-hmm. like I need to account for the time that I'm putting into making. Oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Like if it was something where I was like um, buying it in bulk and just reselling it with like my brand attached to it, yeah. um, it'd be easier to price something and be like, oh, that's, you know, justified. But I think with any handmade business. It's really hard to get people to understand what they're paying for um, and so like yeah I struggled with coming up with like a good price I guess for them mm-hmm. where it was like still reasonably priced but also I would be covering like the time I'm investing into it
0: I think if I was an influencer I would I would have a hard time promoting other people's products I think
1: because what,
0: what do you think what do you think the influencer is thinking about when you approach them Are they just looking at the money or they're looking at the product, too, and they want both of those to go together, I guess?
1: I think that um, it depends maybe where you are as an influencer. Like, if you have the luxury to, like, care about what product you're agreeing to work for or with, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, you can pick and choose what you want to do. But let's say it's someone who just started out and, like, they really want to make it out there as an influencer. Like, are they going to be selective in the things that come their way? Yeah. You know, they might just take everything that anybody that reaches out and says, oh, will you work with us? Maybe like, you know, they'll be more open to taking it Uh than somebody who like has that luxury to like be selective and be like, oh, well, they don't lie closely with my what I stand for. Yeah. And because they have a bigger following, too. Maybe they're scared that if they partner with, you know, a certain company that doesn't necessarily agree with what she's been or he's been voicing his opinion on. Yeah. What are their followers going to think? So I think the bigger you get, the more you have to, like, be careful with that type of stuff. Versus when you're just starting out, it's like people probably don't even know what you stand for. (laughs) Like, you know.
0: I guess I just wish or would hope that maybe there's some examples of people, like, promoting things, even when they're not paid for it. If they really just like something, you know. Yeah, no,
1: I think there is still a lot of that. I mean, I think when I was looking into it, you have to, like, by California law, state that it's paid and state that it's sponsored
0: oh on Instagram yeah
1: so I think you have to specifically say like sponsored or but they get around that I think these days by saying like partnership Mm. or you know like things like that but legally you're supposed to disclose that information to your followers Uh to let them know that you're receiving some sort of pay for it I guess Mm -hmm. but um I mean also when you're starting out like there's also like in-kind partnerships where it's like companies send you free stuff and it's not paid but if you like it then you can say something about it so there's still i think is like that still happens but it's hard to be like when you follow an influencer i think it's hard to tell like when they're being genuine Mm. and when they're doing it because they're getting paid
0: right yeah have you sent anyone something and then it's just gone flat? Nothing?
1: Not yet. Like I actually did send out. So what I did was um, anybody within my this was I don't know why I did this. I probably I don't know. Maybe I would have done it again. But I went through like my Instagram DMs and like anybody that I had talked to ever <laughs> um, that had somewhat of a following. I reached out and said, like, hey, I'm, you know, doing this. Like, if I sent you a package, like, could you just give us a shout out? Like, you know, um, and I did that with, like, 20 people, I want to say, within, like, Santa Clarita, um, within, like, my own following yeah. base. or like. So that's why I went to DM so that I knew at some point in time I had at least talked to them. Yeah. Um, and so I did that, and, like, everybody that I sent it to, like, they did post for us That's and like cool. said, you know, something nice about it. And so that was, I guess, a cost effective way to like market.
0: I wanted to ask about you going to Fit'em. Mm-hmm. How did that happen?
1: I actually um, didn't know I wanted to go to Fit'em until like last minute because uh, growing up, like, my parents were not the typical, stereotypical Asian parents that like are on your back about getting good grades. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't care. Not that they didn't care, but they never were like they never pressured me to like get A's and like you know take AP classes. Like I put that pressure solely on myself hmm. because um, I also grew up in a Christian family, hmm. so I went to church every Sunday, and a lot of my closest friends were Korean Americans because I went to a Korean American church, um, and a lot of them like their parents were like, you need to take these A P classes and you need to get A's and you need to you know like yeah. really on their backs about grades and. My mom was never like that. My dad was never like that. But all my friends' parents were like that. So I was like, okay, I need to be like that. So I put all of that pressure on myself. And so, like, I think junior. This was junior or soft, maybe sophomore summer. Um, I'd heard about SAT camp. Do you know what that is?
0: No, but you could I can assume. Kind of assume yeah. yeah.
1: So I go to this place for five hours a day every single day of summer to take um, classes to prepare for the SATs, PSATs actually, because this was sophomore year. And like Mm -hmm. my mom never told me about it. I had just heard about it from friends Mm -hmm. and I like begged her, because it's not cheap, you know? I begged her, I was like, please, like, can you send me to this? And she's like, why? Like, I was like, no, I need to go. Like all my friends are going, I'm gonna fall behind. So I went every single day that summer for two months, I think, um, to prepare for the PSATs and then, um I never took it. <laughs> I prepared all this time <laughs> for it and when it came, I think I like didn't wake up that day. I, it's bizarre. I don't know. I just was like I don't want to take it anymore. Huh. And so I didn't take it. So there's a certain amount of money gone out the window. Yeah. But then I go back to school and like people start taking AP classes after freshman year and I'm like, "Should I?" But I never was like I never was dumb, but like I never was really really smart, you know? So I didn't really sign up for too many, but I signed up for a couple and, like, did it did fine without a tutor or anything. But then it came time for, like, to take the real SATs. Yeah. And, again, like, everyone around me was taking SAT classes. So I was like, I need to take SAT classes again. <laughs> so I asked my mom again, please, like, can you pay for my classes? And she was so nice to do it because, like, I didn't even take the test last time, you know. But she did. And I found, like, I went to this SAT place where... Um, it was the traditional format of like you get a history or a math teacher, an English teacher, and a writing teacher that come in through the, throughout the day. And you just do like questions over and over and over again. And um, I hated it, but I was like, I need to do it. So I stayed. Yeah. And then my mom's friend had told her about this guy who was doing a private with a couple of kids. And so she was like, Do you want to try it out? And I was like, Yeah, because I hated the other thing. Mm. I was like, Sure. So I went and um, he taught for like two hours that night, I think. And um, the way he taught was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Like it wasn't just paper pen test taking. It was like he explained it in a way where like I understood what he was saying. So I started taking classes with him. And then he he opened up his own like academy. And this was when I was still like taking classes with him junior year. And he opened up this SAT prep place, but it was so much more than just SAT prep. So it was like SAT prep, but he also had current event classes. So we would meet like once a week and we would talk about all the current events going on in the world, watch videos on it, um, share opinions on it. And I'd never done that before. And so that was cool. And the reason he did that was because when you take the test, you have to like write You know, there's that writing portion where you have to write, you know, according to a prompt. So talking about current events, he was hoping we would write about that Mm. instead of like Shakespeare. like You know what I mean? Um, But so he had that going on. And then he encouraged all of us to like pick a project we were passionate about and like build a club around it so that we could use that when we go to college to say I was president of this club. And then we all joined each other's clubs. That was really cool. And so it was just it was SAT prep done in a way that like had never been done before for me, at least, because a lot of the other places you just go a couple hours a day, take the test like 20 times and leave, you know, yeah. um, but it was like a whole college. prep.
2: It, it was like. like a
1: whole college prep, but it was also like redefining what education is, mm. you know, and for me, I, I loved it. And I yeah. think everybody that went there at the time did it was like 10 of us now it's like it's doing really well but um so with him like i did the whole process of like applying to ucs and cal states and um one day i just realized like i don't know why so i think we like went into like the library there and i told him i was like his name's david i was like david like i don't know why i'm doing this like i feel like if i go it's just gonna be like high school all over again for me cause I didn't know what major, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And like, I was just doing it again cause everybody else was doing it. I love the process, you know? Um, cause like I said, it was just different than normal SAT camp, but I still didn't think it was right for me to like be doing it. But yeah. this was after I had already applied. So he was like, bring your parents in. So I brought my parents in and we were in that library sitting down and um, I told them, I was like, I don't think I want to go to any of these colleges. And, um, they weren't even mad, but I started crying <laughs> and, um, uh, we had like a whole hour Why do you conversation. Think you started crying? I think I was scared. I was scared of like, you just paid shit ton of money for me to like take these classes and do all this so that I could have, um, a certain, so that I would be able to apply and look good, mm-hmm. you know? And then now I'm telling you that was always not a waste of money, but like unnecessary because yeah. now I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but at first my dad was like, then what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. But, um, I remembered that I had gone to a college. What is it called? Like when colleges set up like little tents and, like you can like go and like see what colleges there are out there.
0: Yeah. Some kind of like, some, like college like, fair. Or something. Yeah. Like
1: a fair. And, um, every single place had like black, navy, blue or white, like banners and then fitum had like a bright orange and purple thing so as a visual person I naturally was like gravitate like I gravitated towards that booth and then I went and had heard about it way like years ago and I forgot about it and then once I figured out like I don't want to do normal college that thought came back into my head and I was like oh yeah there's fit 'em So I ended up going to FITM, touring it with my parents and was like, oh, I think this is really cool. I should just do this. So it was like two weeks before their deadline of applying for that quarter. I like applied and I mean, it's not that hard to get into, but I applied, did the project and that's, yeah, I just ended up going there. But I'd gone through the process of like normal college. And it took me, like, to go through that to realize I didn't want to. So I feel like it's not a waste of time because if I hadn't, like, tried that out, yeah, I probably wouldn't have, like, n- realized that that's not what I wanted to do.
0: Well, and do you feel like, you know, some of those skills you learned by going the traditional route at first helped when you're at Fido?
1: Um, No, yeah. I mean, like, I don't regret doing that. And maybe if I had gone to, like, the old place I was talking about where, like, i go and take tests, like, every single day like I would have been like what a waste of my time yeah but because the prep Academy that I went to it's called global prep Academy but anyways Shout out because, to Davi. yeah <laughs> since I went there and that time of my life like I was open to so many new things that I would never been exposed to because awesome. um living in Santa Clarita we're pretty sheltered yeah not gonna lie yeah. you know we it's a suburban area like predominantly white uh-huh. It's not a city, you know, you're not getting exposed to different types of people. We're all kind of like not the same, but similar upbringings. Mm -hmm. And so going there, he comes from a background that's not that. So he shared that with us and kind of led us to see like, oh, there's more than this bubble of what's called SCB. Yeah. And so like going there, like I I never regretted it. Maybe, like, putting in that much money when I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, if I hadn't gone through that, like, I wouldn't have known. And, like, things that I learned, like you said, like, yeah. I still carry with me till today.
0: Yeah. And did you ever second guess your decision? Or when you are at FITM, were you ever, like...
1: I loved it, yeah. like, when I was there. I think FITM has a lot of split reviews. I think that some people go... I mean, okay, I don't know if I want to say this, but I'll say it. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of of the people there, not a lot, but some people there, have the money to be there
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and are like, oh, it's a fashion school, so I'll go. And so they don't take it seriously, like, at all. Mm -hmm. Like, because I had classes with people like that all the time. Like, they'd show up, like, had done nothing. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm like, why are you even here, you know? It's not cheap either. So I think with that, they have that reputation of, like, people who are like that. And then I've also met really great people there where... They are serious about what they do and they take advantage of being at the school and like try to do a lot of like internships or you know, whatever and like make connections. And most of the people like that, like I don't think they have much bad to say about it. Yeah. It is a little outdated, not gonna lie. When it comes to like, I mean, I can only speak for like visual communications of what I did. Yeah. But like we took a couple like Adobe, like, classes like photoshop and design and you know illustrator and stuff but like i remember telling um someone what i did in class and she had gone to fit in like 10 years ago and she was like i did the same thing and i was like oh well okay like i don't know like as a school that is advertising that they're like on trend and stuff if that was right but and like any school they'll be good and bad um my experience wasn't that bad Mm. i feel like i got a lot out of it like I liked the classes that I was taking because it was different from high school and it was something that I was interested in. And it was all project-based, which I really liked. Yeah. So.
0: I grew up here, so I know that that's not the most common route that most yeah. people take. Mm-hmm. So it's cool, and I'm glad that you found what seems to be the right path.
1: No, it was it's cool, but it was hard at first because I commuted the first quarter. And I started, it starts later. So I started in October versus all the UCs and Cal State start, what, August, September? So it was like, I'm watching all my friends go off and start new lives yeah. and I'm still here.
3: Yeah,
1: And like, I'm living with my parents and I just kind of felt like, did I make the right decision? Cause I always grew up thinking like, oh, when I go off to college, I'm gonna be more free and you know, I'm gonna meet new people. And like, that's what I thought. And like my college experience wasn't that at all. So at first it was a little hard to get over like that aspect of it, but once I kind of, realize like my friends would come back some of them and be like oh I hate my classes and I'd be like okay well then maybe I'm better off like not having the typical college experience but still being able to love the classes that I'm taking
0: yeah I think that's good and so when did the wedding idea come into your view in my head yeah um
1: that's kind of part of the reason why I went to FIDM because oh so I, you
0: went in knowing that
1: not knowing but like knowing that it existed and okay. that could be a potential pathway to lead to that. Gotcha. You know,
0: yeah.
1: um, in high school, they make you do like a senior project. And um, I took it really seriously for some reason. <laughs> and so um, I shadowed a wedding planner for my senior project. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like I could see myself doing this and so with that thought, like I was just going to go to a regular college, do whatever, you know, like, yeah. I didn't know. And then once it clicked, like, I don't want to go to a regular college. Okay, well, I do kind of want to do wedding planning. What can lead me there? And it was like, them seems like the next step. Mm. I think my passion is people, to be honest. Yeah.
2: Because
1: I think everything That's always comes back to being around people. Like... I love throwing little, like, events for people, hmm. like, little parties and stuff. Well, number one, I like because I can decorate and make it look pretty. Like, <laughs> I've always <laughs> loved that. But I always throw my own birthday parties. Oh, okay. And I've never let anybody else do it for me. Uh. But then I always do it for everyone else. So sometimes my mom will ask and go, why doesn't anybody do it for you? Yeah, You know? And it's not because no one wants to. I have friends. <laughs> I have friends that offer. But... For me, it's because I personally love doing that stuff, Mm. you know, and I love setting up and making things look good because I love the reaction I get from my friends. It's not so much because it's my birthday. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to put an emphasis on that. It's just it gives me a reason to throw something for the people I love.
0: That's interesting. I mean... Is it hard to give up the control to someone else because you might not like the way it turns out?
1: That's definitely a thing for me. I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. Yeah. So, like, decorating-wise, like, if somebody was to throw myself a birthday party, I mean, I would love it. And this year, my birthday was during quarantine, and I didn't really throw anything for myself. Mm -hmm. But my friends showed up, and that was really nice because it was the first time that somebody's, like, planned something for me. But, um, yeah, control aspect is a big part of it. (laughs) Like, I'm scared it's not going to turn out the way I want it to. Yeah. But um, any reason for there to be, like, an event, Uh like, I'll make it an event. Yeah. So with graduation this year, like, my class, you know, not a lot of people got graduation Uh parties or graduations to begin with. It was all virtual. So for my two closest friends, like, one, she graduated from Berkeley and the other from USC. um, It was supposed to be a drive-by, like, honking, like, congrats thing. Yeah. And then I took that and made it, like, a whole, like know we're gonna have like a mini celebration. Mm-hmm. So for the whole week, I was prepping for um for that. Like I made them a wood sign with all the pictures. I made it like a whole event, you yeah. know. Um, and I just really enjoy doing that, which is why it goes back to wedding planning. Like that's why I like weddings because it's like an event for some, you know, for people and it's meaningful and like everyone there is enjoying the moment. Like you know, that that's what I really like to do.
0: Alright, will you plan your own wedding?
1: I will. I think like do a lot of it, but on the day of, I do see the need for a wedding coordinator because if you're getting married, you don't want to spend that day stressing about making sure everything's going according to the timeline.
0: Yeah. I think weddings seem so stressful.
1: It's so stressful, but on the day of, like, you don't, I think most of the brides, like, they forget it. I mean, they're nervous, but no one's thinking, like, oh, are we on time with this? Are we on time with that? It's more, like, trying to enjoy that moment. Yeah. But I also enjoy the pressure part of it, working it, because it gives me, like, adrenaline, like, I don't know it's kind of
0: like it's like game time it's like
1: weird (laughs) yeah like a lot of people are like I can't deal with that pressure but it's like I like there being like a time crunch and like having to like do all these things you know yeah I actually struggled with that too. Again, leads back to money. Like I was like, I wish I could do it for free, but you yeah. can't, you know? And then to make a certain amount of money within the wedding industry, you're targeting uh, people who have money. Yeah. But to me, it's unreasonable how they're spending over a hundred K on a wedding.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. But
1: like, okay. So like if I want to be a small town wedding planner, sure. Like people are not going to be spending that much, mm-hmm. but also then they're not going to be paying me that much. Cause Within their budget, you know? But if you wanna be like a wedding planner that's like not just a little wedding planner, but like, you know, yes. an actual, like, that's my profession and I have this level of clientele, that's who you're targeting. You're targeting the people who have more money.
0: I'm wondering if there would be like celebrity wedding planners. Is there like oh, a Michael sure. Jordan of wedding planners? Or yeah, like?
1: Mindy Weiss is a huge one in the West, West Coast. She does Kardashian events. She did um, Justin Bieber's wedding, like, you know, yeah. and that's the thing. Like one of <laughs> the wedding stylists I was working for, she worked all of her events. So mm. I was like, this is so cool. Like yeah. I'm going to be able to go to these events or to these weddings and not help plan it. But I'm a part of it, mm. even if it's just attending to the bride. But then that got canceled and I was like, fuck, like my life sucks now <laughs> again, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, and once you get to that level, it's just you already have the connections and you already have, you know, people who know what you do. So it's just them telling their other celebrity friends and, you know. Yeah. It's like once you get there, I feel like it's not hard to like stay in the business.
0: Mm.
1: It's how do you get there.
0: <laughs> I haven't been to too many weddings in my life, mm-hmm. but last year, October Mm -hmm. I went to three weddings oh wow and I probably had only been to one or two before that yeah and it was like back-to-back to to like three weekends in a row
1: exactly yeah And so
0: I was really thinking about weddings a lot and they were each different for their own reasons you know there's like a smaller one Mm -hmm. medium size and then a big one yeah and then there was also difference in like how much they spent yeah, you know what I'm saying? right their
1: budget. Uh-huh. I mean, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> you also, could, the fact that you could tell as, like, a guy who doesn't probably care too much about that. Like, yeah.
0: And also, like, people talk and stuff. Oh, and uh-huh. You hear people saying, they spent this much on that. Yeah, this- yeah. And one thing that occurred to me, it was, like, the wedding that spent the most amount of money, mm-hmm. by far, it wasn't the most fun.
2: Oh, huh, yeah. You know? Right, yeah. So,
0: I think money does get you to a certain point mm-hmm. and stuff, so, but just thinking about what adds to people having a better because that to me that's the biggest goal
1: you're really like sparking so that's like so that's such a good point yeah because i think i got really caught up in trying to make wedding planning a profession because for a long time it wasn't like people were just doing it within the neighborhood of relatives that they knew or someone's cousin you know it wasn't like i'm a wedding planner you know and i went to a wedding planning con a workshop okay like a three-day workshop that i went to and like the whole workshop was like how do you make wedding planning your career mm-hmm. and so a lot of it was f- driven by the money aspect of mm-hmm. things and i felt so overwhelmed that i just like was re-contemplating if this is what i want to do yeah. because it was like oh like once you get to this level you just, you're supposed to charge this much yeah Once and it it does have validity because as your experience grows you should charge more mm-hmm. And if you're working those type of weddings and they have the budget for it, why would you underpay yourself when everybody else is getting paid, you know, yeah. a certain amount? So I understand that. But like like you said, within events, it's not just about the decor. I love that part of it. But I feel like a lot of it, again, with social media, like girls are seeing weddings on Instagram mm-hmm. and they want that, you know. But first of all, they weren't there. So they don't know, like, was it a fun wedding? Yeah. They just want what it looks like. And to make it look like that is where the money part comes in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you saying that to me is, like, kind of giving me the idea of, like, that's the type of wedding planner that I would want to be if I want to be one, you know? Yeah. Like, someone that really focuses on the part of, like, are people enjoying it? Uh Like, I want it to be an event, not just a picture moment. Mm -hmm. But I think within any industry, like, weddings especially, like, a lot of it is, what, for the pictures? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But, again, like, if it was all free, like, who wouldn't want one that looked like that?
2: Yeah right
1: um it's be- it's pretty i like it it's beautiful but obviously there's a price that comes along with making it look like that
0: and there's also sometimes people can focus too much on the aesthetic and maybe that compromises the like the utility aspect or like the like what's the word for it like, like
2: practicality? yeah the practicality yeah. so maybe
0: it looks nice in pictures but maybe it's, it's like not as oh no like the space that we were in was really weird it was like awkward because there was just a big open space to the left or something yeah. you know what i'm yeah. saying? like
1: it's so hard because like again like i mean i think that there's different types of people like people who want it for the experience and they don't give a shit about like what it looks like really so yeah. I, like, I just want some flowers and that's it but then there's people who like they do care about the experience but they also really care about the aesthetic of it mm-hmm. and like you can't blame them for caring about it you know mm-hmm. but obviously like when you do a wedding, it's like you as the planner don't have control over the prices of everything. You have control over how much you're supposed to be charged, mm. you know, but there's vendors for every part of it. Like yeah. people who do flowers, they have their own pricing. Yeah. People who do the tables have their own pricing. People who do the photography has their own pricing. Yeah. People who bring in the cake has their own pricing. Like every part of it is a different vendor. Yeah. So the planner is just overseeing everything. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's kind of hard to control, like, the money part of thing, but that's why I think connections is really important in that industry, because when you know someone, sometimes they'll give you a certain yeah. quote, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you, they'll yeah. cut you some slack and stuff. Um, that could probably go and be, like, a bad thing, too, but, like, um, and then venues, too. Like, venues right. are so expensive.
0: Well, as long as there's social media, people will still want to spend a lot of money. Yeah. On, <laughs> yeah. On weddings. Yeah. So. I don't think uh, we didn't cover the how you came up with the name Beth and you, did we?
1: No, it's really easy, though. Like, I I didn't know what to name it. And I was talking to my sister and she's like, you should do Beth Ann. It has a nice ring to it. And I was like, why? And she was like, I don't know. It just sounds cute. Like, it sounds good. Like, you know, and I was like, I guess. Like, I didn't have any idea. So I was like, let's do that. And then as I was like thinking about it, I was like, but it kind of sounds like an incomplete sentence. Mm. Like, I feel like there should be a, something attached to the and. Yeah. And so I thought, like, I messaged my friends and I was like, can you guys, like, text me words that describe me (laughs) 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 so that I could pick one and attach it? And um, they did. And, like, just it seemed, like, narcissistic. Mm. And then also just, like, nothing worked. So I was like, what word could I do? And then um, I think I just, like, put you there thinking that I wanted it to be, like, representative of like oh it's I'm making something personally for you Mm -hmm. that I don't know it sounds like corny I guess but like that's kind of where I came about it because it was like I wanted that's that to be the underlying reason
0: I mean that's kind of the message I get really I think it's cool yeah because it's like it's Beth and you yeah it's Beth and me yeah no everyone was
1: asking me like who's the you and I was like it's you (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah I think that's cool
1: yeah. No, on this, on the little bags, we stamp, like, Beth and the little, like, logo thing. And then we stamp the person's name.
0: Yeah, I saw some of the packaging. Oh, you did? That, like, people reposted or whatever. Yeah. It's really cool. Thank it looks you. like you want it to be something meaningful. Thanks. Yeah.
1: I'm glad you were able to read that from <laughs> everything. Yeah, I was
0: impressed. I thought it was, you know, if it was me, I would just, you know, you'd just get a little ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it it does feel good I know that it feels good when you get something and there's a little note or anything yeah even if it's something simple just like you know the old ladies shopping with you it's not just buying the sweater it's like the whole process of having that connection with who's helping them get in and all that right and so when it's online you can't really do that as much but Mm -hmm. if you can try to make it feel more personal
1: yeah I know that's exactly what I wanted it to be like so
0: well you're doing a good job thank you what does the uh what does the future look like for you
1: um i mean i think i'm living like with the mindset of like week by week because mm. <laughs> i don't know when things will go back to normal yeah so immediate future i think i'm gonna talking to you i think i can reach out to these other wedding planners and see if they even have any opportunities for me to take mm-hmm. and then decide after they get back to me <laughs> but um i definitely want to try to step back into that scene because uh-huh. i really do like it a lot yeah. Um, and for the time being, like, I'm still working part time retail twice a week. And I'm not complaining because, like, I'm still, you know, I get to earn a little bit of money, not a lot. Yeah. But um, and it's not hard. But with Beth and you stuff, like, I think like I kind of got to a point where I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. And so I've been like this week, I haven't really done much with it. So I think I'm going to just try to like reposition myself to think of it as more of like, oh, you started this because you wanted to like have fun with it, not because you wanted it to succeed and blow up.